Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I got to tell you, I really enjoyed the last Gains episode. Learning about NFTs. If you haven't heard it and you're interested in NFTs, hey, go back to the last Gains episode. I really enjoyed it and... I'm sold. I I really, really am high on NFTs and see the value, utility, and so forth. Meanwhile, we've been talking a lot of Russia and Ukraine. Yeah, it's tough stuff over there. We've talked about markets. Chuck Carlson, the Dow Theory is bearish right now. Technical analyst Jim Welsh sees some further downside to the markets. So I think it's time to talk crypto again. And maybe even start taking a look at the high flyers that have been decimated. So we're going to turn our attention back to crypto, growth stocks, some of the unloved parts of the market. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Gain. Let's turn our attention back to crypto back to some of those high growth names we've talked about in the past. And we're bringing on Bill Uliveri, owner of Cynical Capital Management in Glenview. And as always, the website, CynicalCapital.com. That's C-E-N-A-C-L-E, capital, C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. Bill, always good to have you on the Gains Podcast. How you been? I've been excellent. I mean, this has been a lot of fun, and I really appreciate you having me on again today, Andy. Yeah, I had Bill on the noon business hour today. Uh, We were talking about how crypto is right at the forefront with uh, uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Ukraine's getting crypto from all over the world. Uh, They've just goosed up their crypto market. And that's actually what I wanted to start today's Gains podcast we had Bill on the noon business hour today doing a segment on Russia, Ukraine and, and crypto donations to Ukraine. And right before Bill went on, he actually uh, looked into this and may have made a donation as well. So let's just start there real quick before we go deeper into uh, into crypto today, Bill. Um, you went and looked into this. You, you made a couple little donations, and uh, also right before we went on, you told me you could, if you have Doge, you can even get your Doge to Ukraine. So let's just start there. I mean, what, what did you find? Okay. You were making you were making donations while you were on air with us earlier today. So let's start there. Absolutely insane things are going on, Andy, and I, I'm I'm jumping out of my seat in preparation for the interview, not only with you here on the Gains Podcast, 
but also as I was preparing for, you know, the brief interview on WBBM today. So here I am going to talk about cryptocurrency and Ukraine and Russia. And I decided to go back and I remember Satoshi Nakamoto, the inventor of Bitcoin, saying in 2011 that when Julian Assange was basically arrested, he was shut down by the U.S. government because they didn't like his website, the WikiLeaks, which had posted some very embarrassing information and content about the U.S. government and the war in Iraq. And, and I, know I don't want to go down to the, into the political hole there, but I found it really interesting is that Satoshi Nakamoto was worried that Bitcoin might achieve too much attention, might receive the bad uh, publicity and, and bad press, and actually you know, become this, um, the target of the government if you could make contributions to political dissidents or political enemies uh, of the United States. And so I know that, you know, PayPal, Visa, MasterCard, his bank, I think Julian Assange lost access to all his financial uh, freedom and his accessibility. So what happens? All these people, they're in favor of freedom, in favor of Julian Assange, and I'm not making a statement either way on what he did, but they were able to send him Bitcoin and he was able to survive on that. And as a matter of fact, he was actually having the conversation about a digital cryptocurrency back in the 1990s. Apparently he was part of the cyber cypherpunk movement. So he was like really into the space. So I wanted to talk about that because here we are 2022, Andy, how quickly things changed because in 2013, nine years ago, I had done a consulting gig in London And it took me 28 days to receive my consulting fee using a bank wire transfer. And, you know, the the London Stock Exchange kind of screwed it up and I made a mistake and I didn't tell my bank in time. And and so it got lost in the shuffle. Now, this is from the UK, Andy. I mean, we've been doing business with, you know, with them since like before 1776. And it takes a month to receive a wire transfer. So I thought it'd be kind of cool. Just in the spirit of freedom, if you want to call it that, in the, in the spirit of cryptocurrency, is while I was on hold, I'm in queue, about to do the podcast, the interview today, and I load up my, my, uh, my cryptocurrency wallet. I get the address of the cryptocurrencies at Ukraine that the ministry, that the, the, the digital transportation minister receives these, these tokens. And I find out that they receive 12 different cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, Doge, U.S. Uh, Tether, both the ERC-20 Tether and the other Tether, I can't forget which chain that's on, and about, um, you know, in, in, in about six other cryptocurrencies. So it blows my mind that just when the host of the radio show introduces me, I hit send on my cryptocurrency wallet, and I send a $10 donation in Cardano to the defense the, 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 the Ministry of Digital Transformation in Ukraine. And it just, my mind was blown right there because it took 20 seconds for me to do this and they'll have the money, the value in the account using the internet, cryptocurrency in a matter of two or three minutes. At a low so cost, that, by the oh, way, too. At a low cost, uh, I, I think right, you mentioned, a, uh, uh, you know, being in foreign currency in a previous life, you had exchange fees, Bank fees, the amount of time uh, you met, you know, the example you were using from the UK. Now right. it's instantaneous, it's and well, how much? It probably cost you pennies, huh? It was it was about 
four cents, if I remember, no more than 14 cents to wow. send. And it wasn't, you know, it's a, a small donation. But, still. but Andy, you got to remember when, you know, when I visited the UK in 2013 and I landed in Heathrow, I had a hundred US dollars and I needed to get British pounds. Well, the spread, I mean, I got like $52 of like, they, I was the, completely taken advantage oh, Especially of, over the counter that. retail, especially in an airport, the spreads oh, are huge. Look at the difference between the buy and sell on the pound. Let's call the pound a dollar thirty. Uh, it may mm-hmm. cost you a dollar forty-five to buy the pound, and then when you return them back, uh, you might only get a dollar twenty. The spreads huge on those, even on a major currency huge. like pounds. Huge. And that's not, a, and that's where they make the money. By the way, being I had been in the industry, and then there's also fees on top of it, and sometimes there's right. even a percentage fee. As well. Oh, just real quick, because a lot of us gains uh, listeners, part of the gains nation. A lot of us in the gains nation have crypto. We have wallets. We have Doge, mm-hmm. Bitcoin, Ethereum, so many different cryptocurrencies. For the gains listeners who want to help Ukraine out, explain where you went and and exactly what you did to make that happen today. Well, all I did was a Google search for cryptocurrency plus Ukraine donations, and I found the link to the Ukrainian, uh, the the Ministry of Digital Transformation. I just clicked on the link, and it's a very friendly, easy-to-follow webpage. And they have all the tokens listed there on the right-hand side. Again, they were not in alphabetical order, but, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum was first, and below that was Dogecoin, Cardano, uh, maybe Avalanche. Um, I don't remember all the cryptos off the top of my head. There were a few that I didn't even, I've never even heard about before. Uh, wait, and which in, which on. one did you send? I'm just curious. What I what sent, I sent Cardano just just for good man, for good man. So send Cardano, okay, to fight the uh, the good <laughs> fight in Ukraine. I'm down with that. You know, maybe uh, a lot of us who are in Doge. You mentioned that uh, Doge was on that list. Maybe the Doge Army, maybe the Gains Nation and the Doge Army come together here and. Help uh, help Ukraine out. So uh, super interesting. And then this all happened really quick. It, it happened again. I, you know, I got the idea when I was on hold, Andy. And by the time I was already beginning to get introduced, the, the Cardano was already sent on its way. And and that to me was just such a stark contrast of what I've lived through in you know 2012, 2013, going to London. It reminds me recently of what's going on, what happened to the Canadian truckers in Canada in a protest where the the Canadian government was able to shut down the GoFundMe page, GoFundMe page for the protesters, and allegedly, you know, they were going to donate three or four million dollars to the charitable organizations of their choice. So they have so the idea of retaining where freedom and money are so so I, intimately connected has never been more intimately connected than it is right now in 2022. Uh, you know, the Canada thing really opened my eyes. Uh, always been a big fan of Canada. First of all, I realized in a big way, I always just assumed, oh, it's just another small United States. It's not. I, I realized that they certainly don't have the same freedoms that we have here in the United States. It was amazing. The U.S. government doesn't generally go around confiscating money, especially from that, an, an organization like that. I mean, it, it really opened my eyes to cryptocurrency because it just speaks to 
what you were talking about. Um, you know, they even talked about they were going to crack down on crypto. I'm not quite sure how they think they're going to do that since it's decentralized. I'm not sure. But, I mean, yeah, they've got the, they've got the entrance and exit ramps would be my guess. And, and yeah. here's a woman that just donated 20 bucks out of the goodness of her heart. I mean, she was like a waitress or something. I'm, oh, I'm not sure what she did. And then they, everybody came crashing down on this poor woman. She's like a single mom donated 20 bucks to the Canadian truckers. And now she lost her bank account. I, it's, I mean, that's, that's, I that's, that's I, no, I, I've heard the same thing. Uh, they've returned some of them, some of the smaller ones. But again, Canada, you don't have the same freedoms that we have here in the United States. And I always kind of mm-hmm. just was like, oh, yeah, it's just like the because Canada's a great, great country. Toronto's a great town. Uh, Quebec. Uh, Montreal, Vancouver. I mean, it's a great country. And, you know, just being there a lot, I was always like, oh, yeah, this would be a great place to live. This is, it's just like a mini United States. And then that that really opened my eyes, uh, that event on both, you know, this is in the United States. The United States, we we really do have some special freedoms that most places in the world don't have. That opened my eyes. And then the, 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 the cryptocurrency portion of it that you brought up opened my eyes. So it was, it was certainly another example of, you know, how this all fits. Shifting over to talking crypto at large, when we talked earlier this morning about what we were going to discuss today, crypto's gotten beat up, no doubt about it. Uh, and we wanted to talk about that. Uh, but there is some light at the end of the tunnel. I, I know you and I both agree that a lot of these projects, the majority of this stuff is still going to be around 10, 20, 30 years. It's just starting. Uh, we just did a, a recent podcast on NFTs. That's just starting. And and the, the long-term growth of this stuff is, you know, there's a ton of potential here. But we have seen a pullback uh, in crypto as we have seen with stocks. And that kind of brings us to our conversation. You went and delved through a little data, Bill, and uh, tell me what you've came up with. Okay, so I'm just gonna have to uh, get a little bit of, little extra runway with this one, Andy, if you don't mind, and that is, so, you know, you and I, and when I talk to my clients as an investment manager, they talk about, you know, we talk about the market being up 500, the market being down 400, um, S&P of 2%, NASDAQ of 3% or whatever. Like, like what does that mean? It, it means more than what meets the eye. And so if the market's up 500 points, what is it? The Dow Jones Industrial 30, right? The Dow 30 has 30 stocks. It's a price-weighted index. Um, and honestly, it's, it's, in my opinion, kind of an outdated way of measuring economic health, right? 30 stocks of, of what we have out there. The S&P 500 is a capitalization-weighted index, the S&P 500. And that's got, again, 500 stocks. Maybe there's actually 502 or 510 stocks in the index. You've got the Russell 2000, 2000 value, and the Russell 2000 growth, which is 2,000 stocks with a market capitalization of somewhere between $2 billion and, say, $8 billion or $10 billion. And what, about, what does it mean when you say you know, the, the technology was up today, right? That's the NASDAQ 100. Is it the over-the-counter market? So the NASDAQ 100 has 100 companies. And the over-the-counter market, I think, represents 3,500, maybe 4,000 small OTC companies. So, again, what does it mean when we say the market's up and when the market's down? And so as a financial advisor, I had to kind of I had to grab my arms around that. And what I've learned over the years is that 
there are four broad S&P 500 sectors, okay? So I don't look at the Dow. The Dow to me means nothing. But if you look at what's underneath the market, if you say, well, what kind of parts of the economy are represented in the uh, S&P 500? Well, there's 40 of them. There's aerospace, auto and parts, banks, biomedics and genetics, building, chemicals, computers, electronics, healthcare, gas utilities, gaming, finance, and I can go on and riddle off the other 20, you know, steel and iron, software, semiconductor, savings and loans. I mean, it's a really interesting way because like an iceberg that you're looking at the top of the water, the iceberg really just represents the S&P 500. And what we know about icebergs is that 90% of their mass and the danger is underneath the water level. It's underneath the sea level that you don't, the surface, and you don't even get to see. So we are saying, oh, the market's up 2%. Oh, the market's up 5%. Oh, the market's up 12 points. We need to drill deep into the S&P 500 to say, well, of that 500 points or of that 17 points that were up, what's up? Is it transports, steel, oil, electric utilities, internet, drug stocks, healthcare? Like we don't know. So I find it really interesting that we can now take a few steps back and say, well, is there an easier way to look at what it means to be a, an up market? And for investment advisors, the, I think the first answer is most stocks are comprised of two asset classes, two classes called value or growth. Value stocks are those generally have large market capitalizations. They pay a dividend. Um, you know, companies like Philip Morris, GE, um, you know, IBM, Ford, like we could say that those are all, all like value companies. And by the way, we've recently seen a shift to value companies as of late, and they've held up a lot better than the next group that you're, you're uh, going to bring up right now. All right. So value. So this is, this is the Invesco Pure Value ETF. The symbol is RPV, like Robert Paul Victor. And in it is Prudential uh, Insurance Company, Prudential Financial, Cigna, MetLife, Archer Daniels Midland, Westrock, Lincoln National Corporation, Marathon Oil, Allstate, and, you know, about 35 or 40 more companies. Some of the names that we, we had done a, uh, a dividend uh, show, I don't know, a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and a lot of those names, just secure, strong companies that throw off dividends, they're in very stable markets. Um, so so is that a, a good vehicle that you often look for value, that RPV? Well, I do, but I'll tell you why in one minute, okay. right? And that is, I'm always comparing value with growth. And growth companies um, would be like NVIDIA, Tesla, Signature Bank, uh, believe it or not, Fortunet, and I'm not even sure what Fortunet does, but it's three and a half percent. Basically, of the stock degenerate game gain stocks. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what a lot of us have been in. You're de- you're talking, right. you know, Tesla. You're talking, you, you know, the growth Lucid <laughs> Motors. That whole thing. Right. The the high the high flyers that we saw just run up for years and years and years. Go ahead. Yeah, but Etsy, AutoZone, Apple Computer, Oracle, you know, these are companies that generally do not pay dividends and they retain their earnings in order to grow the company. So so th- that's growth and then they have value on the other side. And this is where and this is what I want to get to. So I did a study recently with with Bitcoin and asking myself what is Bitcoin? 
I used to think it was digital gold. I used as to think did it I. Was a currency. Everybody as says that I. too. Like, oh, this is digital gold. This is another asset class. This is going to uh, move in a completely different uh, direction. And you and I have discovered something different. Yes, we have, haven't we? So we learned that. Um, so I so so I learned that you know gold really has gotten. I mean, we had a brief like one day rally to above two thousand dollars a token, uh, two thousand dollars a share an ounce. That's right, that's right. Um, an ounce. You know, it's probably back down to the low 1800s, maybe high 1700s. I'm not 1800 even, I think, is where it closed. Here's an interesting paradox. As I decided to, to take a look at the value versus growth component and see when they are in sync with each other and out of sync with each other and compared to the bull market highs and lows in Bitcoin. And I thought that that would be an interesting study because this is the creative part of investment advising that I love. So I went back to 2003, right? That's at the end of the dot-com bubble bursting. Okay. And I'm looking at a chart right now. Again, it compares value to growth. In on August 23rd, 2004, value funds had a, I'm going to, I rank my, I rank the scores according to zero to, to six. Okay. Zero to six. Zero is a horrible score. Six is the best. On August 23rd, 2004, after the dot-com bubble burst, we pretty much put a low, I think, in March of 2003, if I'm not mistaken. But anyhow, growth funds scored a 0.39, where value funds scored a 4.0. So value funds were, were way, way, way above in terms of their health and their, their participation in the market in 2004. Growth didn't do well, where value really shined. Then... In 2009, when the market, the Great Recession, Great Recession crashed, we had both growth and value kind of get thrown out with the baby in the bathwater. But let me just say that value funds scored a 2.0, and growth funds, again, had a sub-0.1 of 0.54 as a score. So growth was way, way underperforming value in September 2008 and 2009. We saw the same thing happen, Andy, actually, during the COVID crisis, and this is what brought it to my attention. During COVID, um, value stocks got absolutely slaughtered with their score going to zero. There was not one value fund was positive in my world where growth was almost a two or a score of two. When the, when the post COVID recovery happened, we saw a huge rally in value, but we saw even a bigger rally in growth almost to the point where it had never been higher since the internet bubble in like 1999 and 2000. Right, right. That just happened two years ago. So Bitcoin made its high right around the time growth as an asset class made its high. And it made a low right around the time uh, the market made a low in, in the spring of 2020 when, when growth had a score of maybe two out, out of a possible six. So I'm just – what I did was is I took this chart that I'm looking at right now as I talk to you, and I put a little dot on the chart on the time period where Bitcoin made a high and when Bitcoin made a low. And what I've concluded, and this is a relatively new study, what I concluded is in two things. One is Bitcoin may or may not be digital gold. It may or may not be a currency. It may or may not be whatever we want it to be. But one thing it most certainly is, and that is its growth. It acts like a growth component. To me, it's, a, it's very, very obvious from comparing Bitcoin high and lows with growth in value high and lows. And then I can just maybe say one more thing about that is that is 
you and I use the terms risk on, risk off. Right. Risk on means we're in the market, we're in the queues, we're in double beta funds, we're in the Russell 2000. What we're not in is we're not in bonds, right? We're not in money market. We're right, not in right. short-term bonds. Risk on, risk off. So I think we have to conclude, at least until further notice, that Bitcoin is risk on and it's growth, not gold or quote-unquote value, like a defensive asset class you go into during times of, uh, of fear. And that goes for all of crypto because they kind of uh, bulk the bulk of crypto. I mean, there's some yeah. outliers. Uh, go lock lock step. You know, Ethereum and Bitcoin <laughs> move pretty pretty lock step. So uh, it sounds like you've discovered that it isn't that that asset class like gold would be. This is growth. So when growth is peaking, probably a good time to maybe. Take some profits on uh, crypto if you want to. Right. Now, on the other. Is, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. And this, and this, no, that's where we're at right now, Andy. And I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. No, that's okay. Um, but but the, the growth the growth as an asset class score is 0.3 out of a 0 to 6. So what now it's me? it's buying time. It's nibble what time. What did I tell you, Andy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it does. Now we are, now I'm always a believer in dollar cost averaging in Bitcoin and Ethereum. That's actually yeah. the play long term. But maybe the biting is a little more. Now here I'm going to throw one other little thing in here. Let's let's just go to Etoro real quick here. You know, looking at some of the uh, crypto. I mean, it's really gotten crushed. A lot of really mm -hmm. good projects, you know, even Ethereum, Bitcoin. I mean, obviously, Sheeb and Doge. And it's tempting. Seeing some of the prices here is really, really tempting. I'm just going to throw some stuff out there. I've, I've liked Uniswaps. They're down to like nine bucks. But let's talk, you know, more mainstream stuff. Uh, Bitcoin, mm -hmm. you're right at 40,000. Ethereum's about 2,800, 2,800. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, that's. It, it looks attractive to me. So then my other little slice here is the Dow theory is bearish right now. I think the market actually has further downside. Uh, we talked mm -hmm. to Chuck Carlson about that a lot, about the Dow theory, and, and I'm a big believer in that. And my uh, tech technical analysis guy, Jim Welsh, and Gaines listeners know Jim, uh, he sees the, some additional downside potentially coming as well. You know, will they continue to fall if that growth gets hit a little further? And I know well, they've given up a lot of ground already. Sure. Uh, is it maybe, is it too early? Or, you know, what, what's your feeling of that, especially in the light of the Dow theory and some of the technicals that we look at on the chart still pretty being being pretty bearish? Well, you know, I, I really, I, I'm going to have to listen to the podcast about the Dow theory because I remember being introduced to it back in the 80s. Um, but I, I really can't. I, I really don't know that much about it, to be honest with you. And I'm going to have to look into it. Andy, this is really a tough call because I could kind of see where, you know, this, this rally that we've had in the last couple of days could be a, a bear market rally, you know, a reactionary thing. At the same time, I am, I am compelled to look at the value growth scenario. So it seems to me that if the market goes down, the fund scores of all the growth components that I look at, I mean, it can't get much lower. It's almost at zero now. So all I really need is for growth to stop going down and just stay here. And I'm sure that I'll see the growth component begin to uptick. Um, and, you know, and this is what makes a market. 
I've got a Dow theory guy over here. We've got a value growth guy over here. We have a technical analysis guy over here. We've got interest rate people over here. So, you know, I, I, I'm not sure what to, to make of it other than we are all looking for guideposts. We're all looking for uh, a compass to help us in our directional trades and in where we take stands. And all I'm saying is I find it interesting as a contrarian that everybody's talking about value. Everybody's talking about this next 10 years of commodity prices and higher gas prices and all that stuff. And yes, I can't deny that we've seen some obscenely high prices. But what if, what if growth really has kind of hit a bottom? What if the stocks inside Catherine Woods Arc Innovation Fund, which are down 50, 60, 70, 80% from their high two years ago, when growth peaked at this chart, what if it's in? What if the low is in for growth? And any decline we see is actually going to be in the value component. We could see that. You could say that the S&P 500 is probably more value than it is growth. So maybe. Maybe we see the SPUs fall, but the Qs not go much lower. Or maybe we see the SPUs fall, S&Ps, when I say SPU, S-P-U. Right. Um, uh, you know, so it's just this, it's this, um, this slinky that goes back and forth of asset classes. You've seen the bond market lady, lately. My gosh, these bonds totally anticipated higher interest rates. There's not a bond that I have that's positive, except maybe some floating rate notes uh, in the last year. IEI, HYG, LQD, which is the, the, um, you know, the high-yield bond funds have all gotten slaughtered. Well, maybe when things open up and maybe COVID's not so bad or maybe we don't go to war in Russia, Ukraine, maybe things get better, right? God forbid we actually have positive about uh, economic and world outcomes. What if things are okay? What if this is just a typical midterm uh, cycle where we see the market pull back as we've seen almost every presidential four-year cycle where the market gets hit? In the beginning of a new administration, usually makes a low by the second year-ish, and then we rally to brand new highs by the fourth year. Like, there's a lot of things to play here, a lot of things, Andy. And I'm, I'm not, I can't put my hat on all of them, but there's a few I like, and I kind of like this graph that I discovered because I'm the only one that knows that I discovered it. So. I'm going to, for now, I, I like it because it's mine, right? I, I'm the only person talking about it right now. Well, and that, that makes it even sweeter. And, and you probably gains listeners have sensed this. We're always looking what's going to happen in six months. Six months, you know, what did, what did we talk about six months ago? Uh, you and I were talking about the shift to value when things were starting mm-hmm. to peak. Um, right. You know, four months ago, we were talking about how Russia will probably invade Ukraine and uh, the the moves that we're going to see in oil. You're not buying the stuff now. I mean, we've seen everything move. I mean, you know, on energy, there may be further upside, mm-hmm. but uh, we had see, even seen a pullback from those recent peaks. So again, I, I, I'm, I'm tracking with you because you got to look at not where you are, where you're going. We've seen growth get massacred, especially massacred. a lot of those high flyers. I mean, Oh my massacred. So, okay, I'll go so, over some of those with you. Yeah. I have them right here in front of me. So and we're gonna, we'll do that right when we get back from a quick break. Hey, really quick, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That's, I've been told, podcast gold. And then, uh, hey, as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new episode drops. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with Bill Ulaveri, owner of Seneca Capital Management. We'll be right back. If you enjoy learning about communities, 
culture, and history, then Shades of the City podcast is for you. We will bring you stories like the legacy of Johnson Publishing Company, most notably known for Jet and Ebony magazines. Basically what the world said African-American people could not do, these magazines proved otherwise. Subscribe now to Shades of the City on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Back with Bill Uliveri, owner of Seneca Capital Management out of Glenview. Uh, the website, as always, SenecaCapital.com. That's C-E-N-A-C-L-E, capital, C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. Bill, you know it's uh, plug time. Uh, throw in your plugs while we have a, a second here. Sure. Well, we are... We are bridging the gap between traditional investing and digital assets. Uh, we have a Spotify podcast. We write a newsletter. We have the website. So for people who want their IRAs or 401ks managed with a, a special eye and, and love of cryptocurrency, we would love to have that conversation with you, with, with anybody. So uh, SenecaCapital.com or call us at 847-686-4800. We can do a Zoom call and see if digital currencies are something and these value growth plays are something that might benefit your your accounts and you know it, it's nice to have somebody if, if you have a money manager that they're aware of things beyond just bonds and stocks i just got to throw that in there i like forward-thinking people who uh can uh you know expose you to some of the stuff that's going to be very real in our future okay so you were gonna you know before we went to break you were let's spit out that list Let's let's just kind okay. of pick up the conversation there. Go ahead, Bill. So there's so much to talk about, Andy. All right, so 
one, the first thing I want to say is when we were just to go back with the cryptocurrency sent to Ukraine, one of the one of the three organizations that helped facilitate this transfer, one of them was FTX. That's a cryptocurrency exchange. They just they just advertised and spent like twelve million dollars on a Super Bowl. They have the FTX um, advertised just here in the U.S. So here we have an exchange, the FTX exchange. What if the you know what if the same ha- thing happened with the Board of Trade or the Mercantile or the CBOE Options Exchange? It would be huge news that they sponsored and helped Ukraine. But I didn't really hear anybody talk about the FTX exchange helping Ukraine facilitate these transfers. Second thing I want to talk about is growth. Here is the everybody in my in my world is talking about the Catherine Woods Innovation Fund. The symbol is ARKK. It has about 70 stocks inside. Here is their one-year performance, not not year to date, since January 1st, 2022, but going back a year a year from today. Skills down 90.55%. Berkeley Lights down 88.05. Invite, a, a genetic biomedic company down 81.7 DraftKings online gaming down 72.71% Teladoc, Zoom, Roku, Zillow, um, DocuSign, Palantir, Spotify. All these things are down 55 to 70% in the last year. So maybe if you're only following QQQ, the NASDAQ 100, it might not seem like such a big deal that growth maybe isn't down as much as you think it should. But I am telling you, man, just like I use that analogy of when you're looking at a, a, um, the iceberg, how maybe the QQQ is what you see above the surface of the water, but all these other companies have gotten, like you said, absolute carnage in these uh, over-the-counter technology companies. Hey, and real quick, hey, la- Bill, Bill, real quick, just I don't want to get too far away from it. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have heard about the ARC Investment Management and Kathy Wood. But for those Gaines listeners, and again, she's she's had a track record up until just recently where she's picked some real winners. But boy, like you just uh, mentioned, real tough year. But for the Gaines listeners who aren't familiar with Kathy Wood and ARC, explain what that is real quick. I mean, you mentioned some of the stocks and the fun, but explain kind of who she is and the track record she has and her philosophy. Well, you know, Catherine Woods, um, she, you know, I, I don't know that much about her personally, other than the fact that she has a group of innovation funds. She's a staunch, huge believer of technology, electric vehicles, and just what we've seen, I think, as a, as a, as a generation. I mean, we've, we, we, it's just amazing what we've seen happen in technology in our, our own world, whether it's working remotely, whether it's electric vehicles, charging station, Tesla, the SpaceX program. I mean, it's crazy. And so, you know, Catherine really, as, an ex, as, a, as a manager of an exchange traded, as, as for more than one exchange traded fund, she has uh, six funds that she is in charge of. One, she has a genomic revolution ETF an innovation ETF, a web 3.0 or 4.0 ETF, one called industrial innovation ETF, 3D printing, and then the ARC Israel Innovation Technology Fund. So she's all tech, all tech. This is her thing. And she, her assets under management went from just a few hundred million or maybe a couple of billion in the beginning of the great rally of, of technology. At it, the peak, I think she had maybe 
what do you think? 80 billion of, of assets under management. I'm, I'm not even sure what the all time high was. Like we could go back and do some work, but she was able to attract massive amounts of assets under management, namely because she was talking about Tesla and uh, Coinbase and these other companies long before uh, any anybody else was. Yeah, so you know I the game changing technology companies that are yeah, of the future. Uh, and she got in, you know, in all, you know, we're talking about her recent, uh, you know, she had some recent issues because a lot of those growth stocks have been killed. But, you know, to give her props, she was in a ton of these companies when they were just kind of a pipe dream. Right. When nobody wanted them, nobody right. thought any of this stuff was going to work. Uh, it, you're right. It was, there was a complete speculative thing. And then all these stocks that were inside her ETF, again, uh, you know, Zoom and Roku, Spotify, these Robinhood, you know, these things just took off. And the names like that crazy. you're mentioning are the, you know, you, you're kind of, you use that, uh, iceberg example. A lot of these names are not even just S and P they're a little smaller, a little more techie. And right. those are a lot of the names that are under the surface of the water right now. But they're household names now, Andy, and they yeah. weren't at the time that she was buying them, which I find really interesting. Yeah. And now, is she also getting in on new stuff as well? So, I mean, that that kind of philosophy, though it hasn't worked as of late, when things turn around, um, you know, some of the names that you've just talked about, really, there's a lot of upside potential, too. Well, you know, they say you live by the sword and die by the sword. And growth was a positive asset class for a long time. We saw, you know, growth has been per- favored for quite quite some time. And again, you know, Roku, Zoom, Coinbase, all these things, Andy, we could talk about this p- forever. But, you know, I think the basic core holdings of the funds probably haven't changed that much. I just haven't quite figured out why the ETF went from $132 a, to- <laughs> $132 a share to 52 I mean, it's just gotten smoked. And I think, again, it's interesting that when we talk about growth versus value, NASDAQ, QQQ100 versus S&P or Dow, there's a lot more happening under the surface than people are normally aware of. And that's why we need to be aware of it, because I think the opportunity is going to come from names like these that are down 70, 80, 90 percent. We're going to look back on this. We're going to we're going to revisit this, Andy, in three years, you know, when things turn around, right. growth picks back up again. And we're going to be like, oh, my gosh, why didn't we buy Roku at X or, or um, you know, oh, I mean, Coinbase? Roblox, Coinbase. I mean, you look at, and even the likes of, I mean, Meta's been roughed up, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Roblox. Twitter. How about Roblox? Uh, how about uh, one that is kind of, attra- or one that I'm kind, kind of eyeing right now, ticker mm-hmm. SPCE. That's uh, Virgin Galactic Holdings. Um, that's another S-P-C-E? one. S-P-C-E? Yeah. S-P-C-E. Yeah, okay. Got it. Virgin Galactic Holdings. Um, Got it. It's actually ticked up a little bit uh, as of late. You know, it, it, it got roughed up and actually has moved. I like it. But I still love that. And that's that's a, those, are the kind of to- uh, those are the kind of stocks that we're talking about right now. Absolutely. So, so year-to-date, Virgin Galactic Holdings, Sam Paul, Charlie Edwards, SPCE, it's down 40.28% year-to-date. I see the high, again, 
in 20, you know, 2021, it roughly $62 a share. Now it's trading at eight and a half. Oh my gosh. What? So Virgin Galactic's going away. These names are going away. Tesla's nobody's going nobody's going to go. There's not going to be space tourism like like we've been kind of eyeing. That that's not going to happen mm-hmm. now. All of a sudden, see that that kind of puts it in perspective. And and unless you need money right away, um, you know, getting in these and even if it goes a little lower, the long term on some of this stuff is is really attractive. Another one that hasn't been beaten up so much. You you mentioned it earlier, Nvidia. NVDA. We're not. We're not going to. Crypto is going to die. We're not. Not going to need those chips. Video games. You mentioned Cyberpunk. That's a great video yeah. game. You know, there's not going to be more of that where we're going to need gaming chips from Nvidia. So yeah, no, I, you, no more gaming. No, chips. no more no gaming more chips. Yeah, that's that's no not part of our future. Screens. Yeah, no, no more Jeep. No more graphics cards. No we're going more back to horseshoes, of- right? Is that we're going to play horseshoes and and uh, darts right now? (laughs) Right. So (laughs) no, and 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 that's a great point to make, and I'm glad that we've waited a little bit for some of this stuff to continue to get, um, you know, rocked to say the very least. And the the Nvidia technology powers Tesla cars, right? right? Is there is there their chips run the 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 self driving automobiles? Speaking of Tesla, that's another one. I mean, the, the, you, Elon Musk was forced to sell uh, some of his shares for tax reasons, that kind of thing. I mean, he wasn't selling it because he doesn't believe in Tesla. And so uh, you even look at, like, Tesla's another one. And and you just spoke to NVIDIA is making the chips to run the Tesla. So, I mean, what other ones? Give me a couple more. I, you're getting me excited here, Bill. Oh, my gosh. Well, Andy, all I can do is look at history. And, you know, I got into this business in 1980. We came off of high interest rates and high commodity prices, but we have nat- in the last year we have natural gas up 85%, crude oil up 46%, the S&P metals and mining ETF up 40%, lumber up 36%, and we have company we have Bitcoin down 26% in the last year. We have the Russell 2000 down 12%. You know, I could I could talk about. I'm just saying that. The, the, the conversation is like, okay, growth is done. All we're going to now have is this inflationary economy for the rest of our lives. I don't believe that. I cannot accept that that's, that conversation. Even, I refuse e- to do it. You know, we saw similar conditions to like what we're seeing now, kind of like in the 70s, like the late mm-hmm. 70s. Then the 80s came. I mean, this stuff does turn around. I mean, an, another, I'm going to throw one more out there we had talked about too, sure. Coinbase. I mean, if you look at that, the ticker on that, C-O-I-N, uh, I mean, look at that, you know, look at Coinbase since the IPO. I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that thing was, uh, you know, really took off, and now we're looking at 177. How can you not, uh... now again, I'm looking at some of these, some of growth has come back a little bit, and I guess mm-hmm. that's the big question that we're talking about now is, is it a dead cat bounce? A head fake, or is there more legs, or do we see it pull back? But then, even if you bought something now and it moved a lot uh, lower, you know, if you help, like you said, in two, three years when we're having the conversation, we're going to be like, that still wasn't a bad buy. Right. right? <laughs> Maybe I didn't buy the low, but it was still was. Listen. My friend Peter, who is an advisor to advisors on maybe $20 billion of assets under management, he says, even if I'm wrong, I'm right. Even if I'm wrong, 
I'm right. And I think that's really valuable because we don't really always know the outcome of our investment trades and our buys and our, the way we shift asset classes around. But looking at, if you could see the chart that I see, Andy, in the value versus growth, for the, since March 9th, I've been selling value and buying growth for my own client portfolios. Am I going to be right? I'm not sure yet. And I don't want to say that it doesn't matter because it does matter. But even if I'm wrong, I'm right because I'm doing the right thing by rebalancing the account, getting rid of some value into growth. And we have cryptocurrencies on the low end of the range. We have growth stocks, as we've just talked about for 20 minutes from the Catherine Wood uh, you know, ARC funds and one, even the stocks that, are, stocks that are not in her fund are down between 50 and 90%. Okay, where do we go from here? Where, where are we going to take some chips off the table and put them someplace else? So if, if investing, it can be like a pendulum swinging back and forth. We have value on the far right side of the pendulum swing, and we have growth on the far left side of the pendulum swing. swing. And it seems to me that I could still have a 60-40 or a 70-30 or an 80-20 portfolio invested, but I want to tilt and lean that portfolio where it's going to give me the greatest odds of making money. And for me, today, as we speak, it's the opportunity is on the growth side because everybody hates it. Yeah, and, 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 and you mentioned you're a contrarian. So am I. Uh, we love to zig when others zag. And, 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 and that generally works beyond just investing. I found that uh, that works across the board, even in life. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you for your three favorites in the growth area, and then we'll throw, and then we'll throw a crypto in there uh, as well. And so I'll give you mine first. So I can, I I can give you uh, you know, a second to put your list together. Um, so, and, and mm-hmm. these are all that we, all, uh, stocks that we've already discussed, at least on my end here. So the three though, that I have been eyeing full disclosure, and again, you know, mm-hmm. take my, uh, my picks for entertainment purposes only, but, um, NVIDIA, NVIDIA, I meant NVIDIA, uh, the ticker NVDA. I like that one. And then mm-hmm. we talked, uh, you know, I brought up, I, I really find this space exciting. And uh, I think that's going to be really cool. And I've, it's interesting. They're already getting the cost uh, for some of this stuff down quite a bit. I mentioned that Virgin Galactic Holdings, the ticker on that, S-P-C-E, S-P-C-E. And then um, I also, and this is kind of, this is in the crypto space, I really do like Coinbase right now. It's come back. I've, I've been uh, waiting for it to pull back. Um, and, uh, that the ticker on Coinbase is C O I N, uh, and then in the crypto realm, you know, like I said, as always, um, dollar cost average into Bitcoin and Ethereum, especially now, maybe you put even a little more of that dollar cost into it. And then I, you know, I'm going to have a fun one as far, far as just, uh, a more high flyer, Sheep's pulled back, and uh, if I would be buying uh, a crypto outside of Bitcoin and Ethereum right now, uh, maybe play around with a little sheep. And then after my last conversation, one other thing is I'm totally, totally excited about NFTs now more than I've ever been. I've seen some of the utility that can be used with that. So, Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, I think I'm going to go pick up a, a Hungry Wolf uh, NFT as well as a fun thing. Uh, and maybe even mint myself. Um, they have like a a, 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 a cheaper version of Hungry Wolves. And uh, I might, uh, you know, fool around with that. Um, they call them runts. That's what I was looking. I was looking for the word runts. You could, the, the neat thing about just real quick on the NFT thing, thing, the Hungry Wolves, you have the Hungry Wolves, which is part of, um, you know, their NFTs, part of this collection, but a real fun, cheap way. And we talked about it on the last gains episode is for uh, about 15 bucks. And there's, you know, this is just to kind of get your, your, your beak wet. If, if you're just playing around with NFTs is they have these runs and they're, you know, they're unlimited, but it's a way uh, for about 15 bucks if you want to, you know, mint your first NFT. So that that's just a, a fun thing. So I'm really high in NFTs after my last conversation. Um, you know, so I'll throw the hungry wolves uh, in that okay. that mix as well. All right. So uh, what do you, what do you got for us, Bill? Okay. So on the growth side, um, I, for stocks, you know, I tend to lean toward exchange traded funds. It's just cleaner for me. I don't. I, I I feel better with the basket of stocks than individual stocks. Although I do have one. So on the growth side, I like RPG, Robert Paul George. That's the Invesco Pure Growth Exchange Traded Fund. I do like the Catherine Wood ARK Innovation Fund, ARKK. That's A-R-K-K, because it holds, you know, I mean, she's really good at fundamental research and forward-looking innovation stocks where I'm much more of a technician. So I'm going to lean on her fundamental expertise, but I'm going to choose the technical side of when to buy and sell. And then there is one company I do like. It's more than one, but I'm just going to share one. The symbol is SNAP, S-N-A-P. SNAP is an internet company, and their um, business model, I guess you could say, uh, their business model is to create kind of like um, – and it's a, it's a, basically it's a formerly Snapchat. It's a camera company. But they have very, very create. They have um, creative tools, creative lenses. Uh, they have offer third party in house solutions for advertising. They add those those filters, like they they're that. Oh yes, like Snapchat and the the filters. So so that Snap owns Snapchat amongst other things. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. So the reason why I look like it is because I I don't believe that social media is dead. Yes, Twitter's gotten hurt. Facebook's gotten hurt. Uh, you know, TikTok has issues where everybody thinks that I don't know exactly. There's some security issues on the TikTok platform, but I don't think social media is going away. Maybe Facebook is going to take the time to morph themselves into Meta, and maybe Twitter is going to have some issues after Jack Dorsey leaving and and potential uh, censoring of content. Maybe maybe they're not really a news aggregator as we would like them to think, but maybe they were actually censoring some content in the last two years. So there's con- some, some some concern here. But Snapchat or Snap is actually kind of interesting. I mean, this, to me, technically, the stock is down 30% year to date. Its all-time high was like in the 60s. Now it's trading about in, in 32. Uh, is that right? Maybe I have to double. About have to 34, just under 34 a share. I mean, it's it's it popped up uh, uh, probably in the last uh, last couple days. Uh, right. Monday so it was 28, and uh, Monday it was 28. Right now, at the close, it's just under 34. Uh, but still a lot of room to go, too. 
a lot of room to grow. So, you know, the stock is high was uh, $84 a share. And, you know, when growth kind of peaked in late 2020, early 2021, I'm not saying the bottom's in. I'm just saying it's kind of interesting for a growth stock. In terms of cryptocurrency, I'll give you some of my favorites. So, once again, I take all the cryptocurrencies and I, well, not all of them, all the ones I have pricing for, dump them into my analytics program. And my favorites right now for a trade are Zcash, Origin Protocol, OGN, uh, Bitcoin, and Beam, B-E-A-M, Beam. Oh, Beam. We, my, we've talked about that my, a while back, Beam. Oh, and Coinbase, the shares of Coinbase, C-O-I-N. I'm gonna, I want to hop on with you with that one. Oh, nice, nice. <clears throat> because if you go to their website and you look at the About Us page, they have like six really interesting profitable businesses. And if you want to own not only a basket of cryptocurrencies because they invest in those, but also the pick and shovels of cryptocurrency, they're, gonna, they're coming out with an NFT platform right. that already has 3 million people waiting to use. They provide uh, business commerce like PayPal. They provide institutional trading like Fidelity or Schwab or interactive brokers like on the, on the institutional, institutional side. They've got developer tools, business tools, retail tools, an exchange called GDAX. I mean, I can't, I have to control myself when I talk about how positive I am on Coinbase. And so just know that my, don't let my enthusiasm skew a prudent investment in a speculative stock, but I am absolutely crazy for, for Coinbase. I would, I, I'm, I, I love it. I love what they're doing. I love the company. I love everything about Coinbase. I'm sorry. I, I know I agree, and you know I'm glad you made up an or you made an excellent point. The, and this is one of the reasons why NFTs look attractive to me. OpenSea is is the a big NFT platform. You know, people secondary market that kind of thing. I mean, you look mm-hmm. at their user base is is still relatively small. You bring on the likes of Coinbase and even get a small percent of those customers. To jump in and on NFTs, oh my goodness! And like you just said, there's like what three million on the sideline in Coinbase to uh, that are are ready to go and maybe jump in on this. I think I I, I could be wrong on this, but I think OpenSea is like under five hundred thousand, you know, mm-hmm. users there. So or, or players in that. So I mean, just imagine. Uh, I think. A Coinbase on top of it being attractive. You look at the chart. I'm really high on it as well. Um, you know, it's only going to benefit from crypto, you know, coming back. And then, like I said, sure. I mean, that's why I, I think NFTs really have a lot of upside is, you know, it's still tiny compared to Ethereum and, and all this other stuff that's kind of been out yes. there and been adopted. I think that's maybe the next NFTs are the next space that I think uh, is really going to take off. I and mean, we've seen a ton of growth. Uh, and NFTs right now feel a lot like Doge was like a year ago, right before it was going to break out. And and we mm-hmm. often saw what helped, helped Doge, what helped Sheep. You start putting them in other platforms. You get Doge on Robinhood, and that was a mm-hmm. big game changer. Right. You get Sheeb uh, available on Etoro. 
that's a you know you just start seeing because it gives a lot more people access to it who might not have before so i think with coinbase not only are you 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 getting a good deal and you're and you're in a space that you know is going to just get huge before and then you also have you know nfts and bringing nfts to the masses so i'm right there with you bill on it you know Andy, you said that too, and you and I were having a little sidebar conversation uh, before we you started recording, is how r- traditional businesses will be able to monetize and bring a whole new layer of profitability to their business models. And so I just asked myself, if, if Coinbase is one of the companies that has a institutional commerce business and development tool platform, why wouldn't companies... Uh, in the S&P 500 or Russell 2000, why wouldn't they engage Coinbase for their expertise and their custody and use them uh, rather than just some other, you know, platform or another exchange? I mean, one thing's for sure is you got to say that Coinbase has got a lot of street cred as one of the few crypto companies that are listed on an exchange and have gone through the SEC hoops of, um, you know, know your clients and anti-money laundering rules. So, it just seems to me that if NFTs are everything you believe them and I believe them to be, and NFTs are going to give companies a way of monetizing and uh, their brand and bring on loyalty to their to their customers, wow! Like, what? I mean, I'm I'm hypothesizing here what Coinbase could be, and this is all a disclaimer, right? Kavad Emptor, uh, it, it it could be huge for them if. As a member of an exchange, uh, they actually get S&P 500 work on their platform, right? Because they've got, they're pretty good with their user interface. It's not like you're going to some other exchange and buying an NFT. Right? And, and, and the street cred, yeah. that's, that's, that's a big thing. I think, I think Coinbase then brings additional street cred to NFTs at large. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, I agree. Um, and then just one thing real quick. I do think the Zcash is is interesting do you just see extreme value there it, it, what's the uh explain real quick because we got to wrap this up um just a ton of good stuff but as we're wrapping up today's podcast um i want you to just get in real quick how you have a, a way of looking at crypto and you know going after stuff that's you know unloved at the time uh, kind sure. of explain how you sort out your crypto and and that Zcash. I, I by the way, I find very interesting. But explain that to the game sure. listener. So again, I use a lot of technical analysis. I use a lot of bell curves, um, uh, statistical ebbs and flows uh, of overboughtness and oversoldness. Right, it's like this pendulum that swings back and forth in an old-fashioned pendulum clock. The far left is oversold. The middle, where the pendulum is at rest, is fair value. And the far right side is overboughtness. So again, just as I had mentioned before, the S&P 500 could be up or down on the day, but underneath that are 40 sectors that are their own thing. And they slosh back and forth, not just with every day, the market being up or down, but they also slosh depending on whether it's a consumer staple or it's a technology company. Cryptocurrency is the same way. You throw all these things into a blender, you look at it using a, a standardized bell curve, and you'll see that companies on the far left side of the bell curve that are good projects that are oversold could be Zillica, Matic, STX, um, Polymath, Cosmos, Beam, Omisigo, 
Sheba Eno is on the left side of the bell curve. It's, nice. It's got a positive momentum, but it's been oversold. So that's like a sweet spot to take a shot on that. Yeah, it's kind of why I like Sheba, by the way. Uh, I, I'm right there with you. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. All right. No, no, no. You're good. So uh, one that is really oversold with positive momentum is one called Jasmine Coin, J-A-S-M-Y. Now, here's one. The high was like 18, maybe 20 cents per token that got down to a low is a penny recently. Now it's trading a penny and a half. Here is a crypto, and I don't even know what they do, Andy. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't need to know because traders don't need to know what it is to trade it. Um, it's in the far left side of the bell curve. It's 100% oversold in this 10-week moving average. It's the furthest candidate on the far left side of my bell curve, yet it has positive momentum. So that would be a huge speculation, J-A-S-M-Y. Zcash is a privacy token. It, it runs on and maybe it's picked up some uh, popularity with the Canadian trucker situation and what's going on in Ukraine, but Zcash is. Um, is I'm buying it right project. now. I'm 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 going to no, go ahead and no. buy Zcash right now. Uh, the ticker <laughs> to, the ticker on that is ZEC um, on e on eToro. You know, yeah, there's there's a little built in. Uh, I mean, it's going to cost me 150 per token. So I'm going to I'm going to jump on that. You know, before let me just put the tra- all right. So Andy, you're Z- killing me. Do your due diligence. You oh, just well, I, you, you know, you are degenerate. You degenerate. I am. I am. You and, can't. you know, I, I'm looking at the chart here. How can I not buy it? Um, I'm going to pick up Sheeb when we're done here as well. Uh, you know, I, I oh. like I like value and I've been kind of waiting. So, uh, hey, you know, hey, you got to jump on, pull the trigger some sometime. Um, the high in the high in Zcash was eight hundred dollars a token. Yeah, I mean, how can I not buy it at one fifty? Plus, you know, I, I've actually it's been kind of it was on my my watch list as well. Okay. So, what the heck? Its performance is no indication of future returns. Let's keep that hey, in mind. But and we're having fun here. I, I you know, I mean, you know, when I uh, like investing, uh, you know, this is this is fun. I got you know, there's other things we we talked about. You know some of the growth names. Well, you know I'm I'm you know here here's the thing, and I'll justify it right now. Uh, I I'm getting my Lumen dividend tomorrow, so that's basically what I did with my Lumen dividend. Lumen Technologies L U M N. Uh, we get paid yes. for the uh, latest dividend payment uh, tomorrow. So that's all I'm doing is taking my my dividend uh, that I'm going to get from tomorrow and and, and putting it in Zcash. So got to spread the love. Oh, you. <laughs> You are you are amazing. I love this conversation. And let me just close with this one thing, Andy. Okay. We were talking about Coinbase. For those who are option traders, you can sell the May 180 put. Love it. Do a cash secured put. It's 65 days to expiration, although Coinbase does have earnings on May 12th. And you can collect a 12.2% static rate of return. So if the stock stays the same, or goes higher, you'll make roughly 12.2% over the next 65 days. That's it's a, a big you mean like a cover call. So you're basically doing a cover call on your position you're, to juice right. it up. You're basically doing a covered call. Love, I love that. Uh, I love that technique. And, uh, you know, often using cover calls, you just, yeah, especially on some dividend stocks. I mean, you know, you, you end up by, by using your cover calls. I mean, you really can actually, uh, uh, you get the bang from the buck, you get the juice, you know, that a lot of times, like I use that for dividend stocks uh, mm-hmm. because you're getting the nice dividend. And by using the cover call strategies, you end up 
giving a couple percentage points additional income. That's I love that. I love that right. trade. So your cover call, you're making a cover, you're doing cover calls on Coinbase. Explain that real right. quick cover as we're wrapping up. Coinbase. And hey, it's been hard, Andy. Don't get me wrong. I oh, mean, especially Coinbase has gone from 250 down to 160. So it's been, it's been challenging, but I still believe in the long-term uh, outlook of the company and we're lowering our basis every time we sell a call uh, in retirement accounts. Oh, I like it. Not that it I, matters the basis, but it's, you know, it throws cash into the account. Yeah, I love that move. Um, all right. So uh, let's leave it there, and we'll just pick up the uh, conversation next time. Uh, real quick, uh, Bill, why don't you end today's podcast with, you know, final plugs and your final thought? Sure. Please subscribe to our newsletter by texting the number, uh, texting the word blockchain to 22828. This text the word blockchain to 22828 to get started with receiving our blockchain advisor newsletter. And if anybody, again, would, is interested in having their IRA or 401k managed professionally by a registered investment advisor who has a great affection for traditional asset classes, as well as cryptocurrency, to please give us a call at 847-686-4800 to have a conversation and see if we could do some of these things uh, in, in your own account at the right time. Big thanks to Bill Uliveri. I really appreciate Always have a great conversation with you, Bill. Um, Bill Uliveri, owner of Seneca Capital Management in Glenview. And the website, as always, SenecaCapital.com. That's C-E-N-A-C-L-E, Capital.com. And then, as always, hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And then, as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new episode drops. Hey, one little program note. We are going to be dropping our games episodes on Wednesday and Friday mornings. And that's going to start next week. So just a little program note there. Hey, again, thanks for listening to the Games Podcast. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus ATT and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.